Hello and welcome to the Ice Guys. This is the show that takes you into the world of the National Hockey League. Every game, every day, from a betting perspective. With pro sports handicappers, Ian Cameron, Alex P. Smith, and various guests from the world of hockey and sports betting. And now, here's your host, Ian Cameron. Welcome to the Ice Guys, Wednesday, January 24th. Ian Cameron and Alex B. Smith. Alex, back with us today, ready to break down the Wednesday NHL card. And not a normal Wednesday slate. We've got a decent-sized night of action here in the NHL for a Wednesday night. Seven uh, NHL games taking place tonight. Uh, So uh, definitely we are uh, looking forward to that. There's no question uh, about that. Before, of course, we get into the uh, recap of last night, Wednesday's games, there are news items, a lot of them of the unfortunate variety. Uh, the one, of course, is the uh, five players that have been asked to be uh, surrendered to London police for the sexual assault case that dates back to the 2018 World Junior Hockey Championship in Buffalo and the Canadian team that apparently has five of their team members from that squad uh, involved uh, in a sexual assault on a young girl there during that tournament. Uh, very, very uh, disheartening news, unsettling news. And it just so happens that we have had four players from that 2018 team that have been uh, granted a leave of absence from their respective NHL teams the last 24 to 48 hours. And we have had someone playing over in Europe also from that 2018 team granted a leave of absence uh, from their team over in the Swiss league. And uh, it's not brain surgery or rocket. You're not splitting the atom, figuring out who it seems like the five people that might be involved and might be prosecuted uh, as far as this sexual assault case are concerned and really it's disappointing and classic NHL though uh, at the same time who you know know that this is probably going to be coming to a head in the next you know few days if not week or two uh, and all of a sudden uh, they decide yeah we'll just drop it on everybody here that the uh, Utah uh, ownership group is uh, looking to apply for uh, expansion here in the NHL and that we are interested in maybe uh, at some point going to uh, Utah and expanding the uh, NHL for another team over in Europe's uh, in Utah I should say. So uh, it's just a classic situation Alex where it seems like this is a, gr- a really really uh, bad situation that's uh, about to unfold here with the uh, five players like I say not only prosecuted but facing potential jail time here as well, being behind bars uh, for what's happened. And uh, they decide, of course, classic NHL. We don't want people thinking about this uh, devastating turn of events and actions involving five or whoever NHL number of NHL players. Let's just, you know, drop this news item here now at a timely manner here, just to create a distraction. Oh, but a a team might be in Utah coming up in the NHL uh, in the not too distant future. It's just classic NHL deflection skills at, uh, uh, at their finest right there. Yeah. You know, this league has a ton of spin doctors, not the band, but the actual ones that uh, can turn things around at any given moment. And, you know, they said, uh, let's use the Utah ownership group as a smokescreen to possibly some news of a criminal investigation. It's, it's deeply uh, unsettling and unheartening. And, you know, a lot of people yesterday on Twitter, on social media, on television were, you know, talking obviously about the news yesterday with Carter Hart taking his leave of absence. And we heard about Dylan Dubé taking his leave of absence. And everybody was quick to say, let's not jump to conclusions like we did with Corey Perry and assume it's something bad. Instead, let's just look on how the league is handling handling mental health and 
how they're, you know, letting these players take the time to, you know, step away. I heard uh, in the Blues and uh, Flames intermission, I was watching that first period, unfortunately, the Blues and that total, but they're talking during the intermission, of course, because uh, Oliver Shillington getting back into the AHL, trying to get his way back to the NHL, Dylan Dubé taking the leave. And they were talking about how, said, uh, you know, those older players and say, wow, you know, we wouldn't have been able to, to even go up to our coach and say that we're not feeling well mentally and stuff and to be able to get that that time off. And going through all these things that are great points and great things, and I hope the league continues to, to be open truly to mental health, but – at the same time, you got to understand what this league is and who, you know, these agents and these PR executives and these different people, what they're trained to do. So, yeah, they make it a little, oh, Dylan Dubé, we, we wish the best for him and we wish the best for Carter Hart. And if there are real personal health, mental health issues, we do wish the best for them. But at the same time, you can't start using this now as a cloak of guys whenever a guy is going to be in trouble for something. And, and I got a bad feeling because knowing the NHL, as long as I've been a fan of it, I, I know the bullshit that they like to pull. They will continue to keep doing this and just hiding everything as if, oh, it's just a mental health matter. We, we can't even talk about it because it's a mental health matter because now it goes into the actual HIPAA laws and different things of that nature. So they've just now built themselves another insulation uh, to hide a whole bunch of news and information. And uh, that, that's what's really unfortunate and, and very unsettling for me, somebody who deals with mental health issues and other people who deal with mental health issues on a real scale. Uh, that you know, this league now has the open window to possibly use that to just hide any kind of news that they want. That, that's that's not cool. It's not cool, and uh, it's a great uh, segue into uh, obviously today is the annual on January twenty fourth. They've done this for years, and I am a mental health advocate. Hell, I have a friend here in Alex who battles it on a daily basis. So obviously, I stand up for anyone that struggles day to day, month week to week, month to month with mental health. Uh, issues and I advocate for it. I'm always lending a, a supportive ear, uh, you know, to uh, listen to people that are having issues. And even in my own uh, fa extended family, not my immediate family, but in my extended family, you know, there's been uh, serious issues. There's someone in my extended family, you know, once threatened to commit suicide. You know, that's how bad it was uh, with the uh, negativity. So uh, that they had inside. It's just the, the pain and the heartache and just everything, you know, that was not just personal. It was, it was career wise. It was everything building up to that point. And we want to get people to realize that, Hey, there's people that care about you that want to help you. Uh, and that's what uh, it's all about as far as supporting people that struggle with mental health. Now, January 24th for years has been the annual bell. Let's talk day. And at the very beginning years ago, when they did this, I'm saying, well, that's pretty cool what they're doing here. Yeah. And, um, you know, you talk about a, uh, a company, a major one, especially when you talk about Bell Media, them and Rogers basically own the communications uh, department in Canada, you know, the entire country. It's you're either a Bell customer or a Rogers customer, probably as far as phone and Internet and television service and all that. So and, and Bell owns television networks, radio stations, teams. They have a piece in as well uh, as far as that's concerned. And Bell Media. By the way, they are, are, are a company that is a, uh, a billion-dollar company. I mean, they make an absolute shit ton of money. Uh, there's no question about that. But for years, they put on this Let's Talk Day. And it felt like for the first several years, or at least the first few, you know, they really did give a damn, you know, about the mental health initiative and people that go through that. And I've seen the commercials for years uh, with that. But unfortunately, we've seen their actions, particularly in the last few years, um, replicate something that does not, to me, stand up for mental health and people that have issues uh, with mental health. Dan O'Toole is uh, example no, exhibit A uh, in that regard. 
Dan O'Toole for years, and he's even talked about it because he's got his own podcast since he got uh, let go and released by TSN. Of course, Bell Media owns TSN. Um, he's talked about it. He's had mental health struggles and battles personally for years, significant battles, like really to the point where he felt he was at his lowest of lows, you know, at certain times in his life. And I've got to sit here on a day like today and go through social media and see all the hashtag let's talk bell tweets on a day like today. When I see this damn company that is shitting money out of their backside, that's how much they make. Basically, let a man go without warning, Dan O'Toole, knowing that he's got these mental health issues. And you're going to come here today and every day, every year on January 24th and try to tell me you guys care about people's mental health. Uh, give me a fucking break. All right. Give me a break. It's clearly that the, that your actions are something different that are what you're trying to portray to the uh, public that, hey, it's let's talk day. We need to support people that have mental health issues. Well, did you support Dan O'Toole? Did you do things to help him? No, you probably sent him even into a greater plight of depression and anxiety and stress and added to his issues as far as mental health is concerned when you let him go. A devoted and a beloved employee. He was beloved by people that watched him on TSN. Beloved. You know, with Jay Onright all those years. Onright and O'Toole. How they got they were got so big here at TSN, owned by Bell here in Canada. They got so big on TSN that they got a deal to go to Fox south of the border for a while, FS1. And they did their show there um, for a few years. And to be honest, I, I wasn't sure how successful or not they were going to be. But the fact is they were there for a few years and they got an American opportunity from their uh, popularity. Then they ended up back at TSN uh, again after that. Uh, and to me, you're going to portray every day, every year on January 24th, Bell Let's Talk Day, support mental health. And you're going to do that to Dan O'Toole, who has known battles with his own mental health. And he's been battling mental illness for years, not to mention what they have done as far as cutting jobs left and right uh, over the years. They have wiped out entire radio station, uh, sports talk radio stations, multiple sports talk radio stations in this country without warning. These people had no idea that they were going to be without a job in, a, in five or ten minutes from the time that it happened. They wiped out TSN radio stations in Hamilton, my hometown, Winnipeg, Edmonton, Vancouver. And these people that had worked there for years, and you got to believe I'm sure some of them haven't always had uh, a smooth sailing life. They've had to battle things mentally. I'm sure some of them have. And they're going to portray that they give two shits about a human being's mental health, and they are going to just drop these jobs and, and just can't and just close down all these sports talk radio stations, affecting hundreds of on-air talent producers, you name it. And they're going to stand there every day on Jan every year on January twenty fourth and try to tell me they care about mental health. I call bullshit, as John Tortorella said last week. I call bull. They care about their pocketbook. They care about the bottom line. They were hemorrhaging money from these radio stations, unfortunately, and they didn't give the damn to give people a heads up. Just a frequent, you know what? We're in some trouble. How about you give people a warning? How about you tell them a month or two in advance that they might be without a job? And, and we're talking about now a company that today is going to try to uh, rain it all down on you that they care about mental health and people's well-being. Nonsense. That's the biggest crack, uh, uh, biggest crock of shit 
I think you'll ever hear from a company that uh, mental health day, we truly care. Let's talk, Bell says. Let's talk. Well, I'm talking and I'm calling you out for being bullshit artists as far as, uh, you know, bleat and, and um, caring about people's mental health. Dano Tools, an example. These radio stations, you didn't even give anyone a warning. Did you give any of the on-air hosts a warning, the producers behind the scenes of these shows at these radio stations that they were going to lose their job in five minutes? No. All of a sudden, they're doing their show, and bam, there's this, like, loud alert, you know, and all of a sudden, you know, we are we are going off the air here at TSN 1040 or 960 or whatever the case may be. That is how people found out they were losing their job. And this is the company now that's trying to tell you today that they care about mental health. Ridiculous. Totally absurd. Alex, totally ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. That's why no, I'm I not agree. doing the let's talk tweets. Forget it. No. And, and no. people are going to say, you don't care about mental health. I care. But I'm not going to indulge in this company's dirty laundry and business. I'm not doing it. I'm done doing it. It's ridiculous that Bell is portraying themselves as a, as a caring entity of mental health when their actions prove otherwise. Yeah, absolutely. And all the tweets and all that money, yes, the, the money gets donated, but it's really just a tax write-off for the company. That That's the, the biggest thing. That's why they keep running it, despite the hypocrisy. They, they still keep on doing it. So very well said, Ian. And like I said, it, it, it's an absolute joke. Firing a group of people as if you're having a fire drill. Uh, and like I said, laws are different in different countries. I'm pretty sure you couldn't even do that in the U.S. Like that, the lawsuit that would come off of a firing like that, that would be labeled as unjust, would would bring some definite uh, litigation here in the states. But anyway, it's just it's just how you can treat people like that, and then like I said, go on the flip side and and, and say we care. It's, it's, it's hypocrisy. That's plain and simple. Yeah, hypocrisy. It is. It's uh, and it's sad. I remember watching. I I think the guy is great at what he does. Dustin. Nielsen out of Edmonton. Uh, he does CFL on TSN and he's outstanding at it. He's he does Spengler Cup hockey at Christmas time. He's got Edmonton Sports Talk. He you know why he had to start Edmonton Sports Talk uh, on his own because TSN Radio folded in Edmonton. That's why. And he was without a job. And this is a guy with a wife and a young kid, you know, at home. And he's just trying to you know he's trying to make money and make a living for his family like anyone else and he found out the last fucking second just seconds before the you know all of a sudden the station's gone under up oh, you know the, the TSN radio in Edmonton's done you know you got to find some other way to you know for employment if you want to continue on i mean just absolutely atrocious to treat human beings that way and they're going to sit stand there today and w wave the bell let's talk hashtag and wave the flag wave the pom poms that they care uh, about people's well-being nonsense is what I say. Uh, Fernando, I'm sorry to hear that. Uh, my friend passed away two weeks ago dealing with uh, mental health. Um, it's, I, it's, I, I, I don't know what to say other than condolences. It's heartbreaking. It's gut-wrenching to hear something like that, man. Um, uh, it's just, um, we wish you well. We wish uh, yes. everyone close to you well. And like I say, for anyone that's battling through something, you know, there's people to listen, you know, to seek out that comfort, you know, seeking comfort, uh, do it whether it's family, friends, your neighbor, whatever the case may be, make sure you find someone to talk to when you're going, when those demons come knocking. And that's what the thing, when people have mental illness and mental struggles, the demons come knocking at uh, any given time. It can be any given time. And you need want to be able to put yourself in a spot to reach out to people uh, in that situation. So, like I said, I had to get that off my chest because this every year now I, I almost dread it every year that I have to deal with the see the let's talk hashtags because I think this company couldn't care less uh, about uh, mental health and it's just uh, them trying to set up a, a cash grab 
uh, on this whole situation. Uh, let's turn our attention back to hockey um, and uh, the uh, games from Tuesday night. Uh, a very interesting night. It started out pretty well because uh, we liked a lot of goals in the Dallas-Detroit game. Um, Dallas with a 5-4 to four, uh, victory over the Detroit Red Wings. And I'm telling you what, um, that game was very exciting. Back and forth it was 2-1 Detroit after the first period. So we got the first period over, full game over, cashed in. Both teams to score in the first period was on my card in that Stars-Red Wings game as well. Uh, and I believe now, too, with that first period over cashing, I believe that's now 10 and 0 uh for the uh, Detroit Red Wings to the first period over against divisional opponents at home. That's the trend. 10 and 0 to the first period over against divisional opponents at home for the uh, Detroit Red Wings. And uh then all of a sudden Detroit's up 2-1 and then Dallas has a 4-0 second period and they were dominant. I think it was the best period I've seen Dallas play all season or one of them. And that's funny. I was talking to Matt Robinson, our resident Dallas Stars fan during that game and I told him the same thing I thought as I, sh- I thought that was one of the best periods I've seen Dallas play all year they were dominant they had the puck Detroit couldn't get it out of their zone uh Wyatt Johnston was a man possessed I mean winning puck battles stealing the puck his defensive play doesn't get talked about um yeah Detroit and Dallas that's true they're not in the same division that's true I, I mean I'm trying to think of I think it was yeah, just that was home. the game that was the game before that yeah. the, with Detroit where that 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 trend kept rolling yeah, but they have been hot on the first period overs in the last last yeah. couple games. Thanks for correcting me, though. I screwed that up. Yeah, but and nevertheless, they have been trending over first period at home. But that was the best period that uh, Dallas had uh, all season. They were all over Detroit. Detroit couldn't even get the puck out. Alex Lyon is just tr- you know swimming in the crease, just trying to keep the puck out. They were scrambling that entire period, Detroit. And then all of a sudden, Dallas has one of those. You know, we're gonna we have a five you know, five, two lead. Now we're going to kind of ease off the gas pedal a little bit. And they almost paid the price for it. The third period, Detroit comes back, makes it a one goal game, but Dallas does end up hanging on and surviving, getting the five, four win Ottawa with a four, one win against Montreal. I'm telling you what, Ottawa's getting a little better. I got to give them their credit. Now it's three wins in the last four games. The only loss was against a great jets team in overtime. Uh, The Jacques Martin defensive principles are starting to take hold slowly, but surely. You know, it's still not perfected yet, but you're starting to see, uh, you know, this uh, Ottawa Senators team play a little bit better hockey. Um, 4-1 win for the Senators there. Uh, Tampa Bay 6-3 against Philadelphia. Uh, Of course, Carter Hart, the leave of absence for uh, reasons we think we know what they are. Uh, And then, of course, they lose to the uh, Lightning 6-3. Not a great night from Sam Harrison. And really, it was just... Philly can't give Tampa Bay that many power plays, and Tampa Bay made the uh, pay for it. Uh, it was a valiant effort by the Flyers to keep trying to battle back uh, in that game, but uh, Tampa with the 6-3 win. Vegas hands Patrick Waugh his first loss as head coach of the New York Islanders, 3-2, to and that's why I wasn't all that bullish on the Islanders last night. I was a little hesitant on them because I knew Bruce Cassidy wasn't happy, called out his team after the loss to New Jersey where they played a beer league game, he said. Uh, and a preseason game, and they played a lot better last night, uh, and Vegas gets it done 3-2 against the uh, Islanders. Thought maybe for a minute we would have another draw involving the uh, Islanders there, but the game does end 3-2 in regulation. Islanders could not get that tying goal. Uh, The Minnesota Wild, who have suddenly exploded on offense, Alex, these last few games, another five spot last night to beat Washington 5-3. They're an over team right now, I'm telling you. You know, they got their forwards healthy. They still miss their best shutdown defenseman in Spurgeon. You put the two things together, and they're a little bit of an over team at the moment. 
uh, the Minnesota Wild. Certainly been trending that way, and they did so once again last night. Another over cashes there in that Capitals Wild game. Uh, St. Louis Calgary. It was one of those where I, I was happy to cash the full game over, but should have had that first period over too. I mean, you had a million chances. Uh, it should have been better, more goals than just the one that Calgary put up uh, in that first period. So that was kind of frustrating. But again, we cashed a Igor Sharon Govich goal prop. That guy just continues to get it done right now uh, for the Calgary Flames. Uh, but uh, a terrible loss for them and that they were up 3-2 uh, in the third period. And then a tying goal allowed. And then the go-ahead goal with less than a minute to go and 4-3 is your final for the St. Louis Blues. And look for a Calgary team that needs all the points they can get. Let's try to get back into the wild card race. That's not the kind of loss you can afford. 14 in a row for the Edmonton Oilers. They beat the Columbus Blue Jackets 4-1 to one, uh, last night. Um, just another solid game. Um, and it wasn't great. I mean, the, the run of the play was going against Edmonton, especially in the second period. But Skinner was fantastic, man. He was absolutely outstanding last night, and he had to be. He had to make a couple of outstanding saves. You know, Columbus was out shooting them 22-11, to 11, you know, at one point in that game. But all it takes is the goalie to keep Edmonton in the game, keep it tied, which he did after the first two periods. And then the Edmonton team, eventually the opportunistic team they can be with all those weapons will eventually find their way. And that's exactly what happened in the third period with the three goals to turn a 1-1 tie into a 4-1 win. Kane scores, McDavid scores, and Dylan Holloway, who is, I'm glad he's back with this team. He's He should be, and he's been good since he's been called back up. Uh, and the 4-1 win for Edmonton for their 14th straight uh, home win. We talked about how the Jets, as far as opposing teams, scoring three goals or less against them. It was a big-time consecutive game streak. How about this Edmonton streak now as far as holding teams to two goals or less? This has been impressive from them, and I never thought of all teams they would be capable of something like this. But the Edmonton Oilers now, after last night's game, have given up two goals or less to their opponent. While they've won 14 games in a row, the last 12 straight, they have allowed two goals or less to their opponent. Think about that. 12 straight games the Edmonton Oilers have given up two goals or less to their opponent. I never thought that team would have it in them for a run like that defensively. But, man, they are showing it right now. Uh, and, again, last night just the one goal for Columbus in that 4-1 win uh, over the uh, Blue Jackets. 4-2 Anaheim against Buffalo. I'll take the push with the best bet because it wasn't looking great. It was 3-0 in the third. Uh, Buffalo gets two quick ones to make it 3-2, and then the empty netter for Anaheim puts it away 4-2. I'll take the push because it wasn't looking good with that over uh, early in the third period. And a brutal loss for the Rangers. Brutal. You're up 2-0 against the San Jose Sharks, and you lose in overtime by a score uh, of 3-2 in OT. Uh, A great comeback from the Sharks. Give them credit. Uh, They're a feisty bunch. You know, they're not very good, but they're feisty. And if you don't play the right way, they're still capable of making you pay for it. And uh, San Jose certainly did that last night with that 3-2 to two comeback. The one draw that I uh, hit last night came from that Rangers-Sharks game, uh, plus 420. Nice. So very nice to hit that. I was hoping I thought we were close to a couple other games as far as the draw, specifically Vegas and the Islanders, Dallas, Detroit. But at least we got that one with the Rangers and the uh, Sharks. A big draw winner at plus 420. Uh, no question about that. And shout out to Melissa. I see Melissa Cunningham back in the uh, chat. Good to see Melissa with us again. And uh, hope everything is well. 
Uh, but how about the Sharks now? Three straight wins for them and quite the comeback against the Rangers. And we saw him on our BetCast, a surprise appearance at the beginning. Jason Demers the other night. I got to say, he's doing a great job on television. He's yeah. a he's a riot if you watch him on the uh, Shark uh, broadcast in the studio with Brody Brazil. Uh, it's one of those deals now with San Jose. I turn off the Sharks feed when uh, Randy Hahn and the bro- and the game's going on with Randy Hahn and the broadcast, but I turn it on with the studio portion. We get to see our friend Jason. Uh, on the uh, intermission for the Sharks games. Uh, Alex, thoughts on the last night? I have to remember to do that now. Yeah, when I see the intermission of the Sharks game, then I'll flip over to the Sharks feed. As soon as that game comes back on, I go to something else. So, uh, <laughs> but you know, Jason Demers' experience is something. Like, you never yeah. know what he's going to do or say next, but it's always going to be weird, quirky, and entertaining. Yeah. Hey, that's good. That's good. Good stuff. So, uh, but yeah, you know, it was an interesting slate of games last night. I watched mostly the Wildcats game that being on the kind of the local feed. And like I said, Wild are trending back to an over team and they're playing with, you know, desperate, you know, hockey right now. That's, that's, just, that's the thing. They're not going to make the playoffs, but they're still trying. They're still giving a, a full effort. And you appreciate seeing that, uh, you know, at least that's one thing we can say. A lot of things we can say about John Hines. One thing we can say is he's going to demand effort. And, uh, and and demand it that you go out there and work hard. And, and the Wild are doing that. They're not taking nights off like they were uh, toward the end of the Everson run. So that's a good thing to see. And like I said, we can, if we can get back to – there's something we have to bet on with, with, with Minnesota, right? We can't trust them to win games. They aren't going to go on some crazy extended losing streak. So we'd like to get back to the, to the totals run with them. So if they can continue to be an over team, and Brett Skalski was asking in the chat about – what are we looking at with these teams heading into the all-star break? I kind of mentioned about how we're going to see some things change over the, the next you know week or so before uh, the break wraps up. And also keep in mind with this kind of thin out schedule that they're doing, you're going to have teams that are going to be looking at, you know, not just four days off because of the break. They're looking at some, some of them nine, eight days off. So that's the thing you kind of look at our teams banged up. Uh, you know, our team's on a hot streak like Edmonton. I don't see Edmonton taking any days off between now and the break, even though they've got guys going to the All-Star game. They want to keep that thing rolling as long as possible. But then you got a team on the road like Chicago. Yeah, maybe they, they could care less. They're playing teams they know they have no chance of beating. Maybe that's a team you want to look to fade. So you got to really study the schedule if you're looking at different spots. And look at the roster. Look at the lineups. Uh, you know, we talked about this unfortunate news affecting a team like Philadelphia, where now they got to run Sam Harrison the rest of the way the next couple of games they have. And, and who knows how long they're going to be, you know, making him the number one starter. Do they go and make a move during the deadline or something, or, or, or the break rather, before the deadline and things? So there's a lot of moving pieces, which is going to make kind of some game, uh, you know, pregame bets a little bit more difficult. But definitely will give us some in-game stuff, and, and we can kind of rely on trends a bit more to bet pregame things. Uh, you know, heading into the, you know, kind of current form statistics will be the, the real catalyst in the next week. Yeah, no question. Uh, that's good. And it's a, it's definitely to me, one of the things that um, I try to do at this time of year is be a little bit more. Uh, I always bet high volume, but everything across the board, smaller units per bet. At this time of year, I think it can be a little tricky because you got teams, certain players, certain teams, maybe, looking forward more to the break than others. And that is something maybe that uh, you want to factor that in here as we are just, you know, we are a week away, you know, from the all-star break. I mean, next Wednesday, a week from tonight, it's going to be the last day of action before the all-star break. So, you know, it is right around the corner. So uh, with that in mind, let's get into Wednesday's card. We will begin with the Winnipeg Jets and the Toronto Maple Leafs. We've got uh, Toronto minus 140 home favorites, six the total here in this game. Certainly should be a great game here. Uh, you know what's been 
pretty cool about the recent meetings with the Jets and the Leafs is they've actually been quite physical and a little bit of a bad blood at times. So that is something we have seen from the Jets and the Leafs head to head. We'll see if we see more of that from them here tonight in this game. Uh, I think the big news is Ilya Samsonov, who I thought had one of his best starts in a long time against Seattle. Didn't face a ton of shots, but a lot of the shots he faced were high danger, and he was magnificent in some of those saves he made uh, in the victory against the Kraken to end that road trip. He's back in net, but Laurent Brossois is actually getting the start tonight for the uh, Winnipeg Jets, uh, giving Connor Hellebuck a bit of a rest, uh, and uh, it'll be uh, Laurent Brossois in net for this game. I would assume it's going to be uh, Brossois tonight, and then it'll probably be Hellebuck Saturday night when these same two teams play in Winnipeg. Uh, 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 over the weekend. So we'll see how it goes here in this one. What it does concern me is the Jets' offense right now. And why it concerns me is because if you look at Winnipeg's recent games, they only scored two against an Ottawa team that we know has had their defensive issues, shut out by Philadelphia at home, one goal in the 4-1 to loss against Boston You know, on Monday night. And they're without Shifley and Velarde again uh, for this game. Both of them are going to be out for the Winnipeg Jets. And you know, you're talking about two of your better uh, forwards in terms of production. Uh, for this game once again and we saw that it was not just the it's not all about just the one goal that they only scored against Boston it's also that they struggled to generate you know chances they struggled to generate shots it's almost like you know they had a hard time gaining consistent uh, control of the puck in the offensive zone without Shifley and Gabe Velarde uh, on Monday night against the Bruins so that does concern me a little bit um, you got to think the Leafs too it's, it's weird dynamic in this game First thing I thought of, it's tough spot. You're off that long road trip. Uh, it, it ended up going two and two for the uh, Leafs, that four-game trip. It's not usually a bet on spot, and I'm definitely not laying a buck 40 with Toronto tonight. But the concerns that I have with the Winnipeg Jets about their depleted lineup, and especially their offense lately, concern me, as does the fact that I heard some comment. We talk about mental health, and Ilya Samsonov is another one who's really battled. The Toronto Maple Leaf organization has done a million times better job of supporting a man with mental health struggles than Bell, who I just ranted about earlier uh, in the uh, show. Uh, and Ilya talked about it. Brad Tree Living's been there for me. Sheldon Keefe has been there for me. Curtis Sanford, the goalie coach, has been there for me. My teammates have been there for me. Uh, and they have supported me and they have rallied around me. And I think there's that kind of thought process among the Leafs, whether it's the coaching staff or the players. Like, we want to rally around this guy. We want to put our best foot forward. They don't want to humiliate Samsonov. They like the guy. It's like if you, you listen to the guy talk, you can't help but like the guy. You know, and if you're the Leafs, it's understandable why they like him as a teammate. It's just, and it's it's all about they don't, you know, they just aren't a great defensive team night in and night out. And that's a lot of the issues. And look, Samsonov wasn't playing well either, but they want to be good in front of him. And it just hasn't always been the case. Now, Samsonov hasn't helped himself out either because he's he's really he had that really tough time when he was struggling. But I'll, I'll say this, that was as good of a game as I've seen him play in a long time against Seattle. And that's certainly a positive new a bit of news for him. And it's certainly a positive bit of news uh, for uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs. So the only thing I really like here is the draw in this game. I think it's going to be a good game. It's going to be a competitive game between these two teams. Uh, you know, we saw with uh, Winnipeg now, I think their offense, it's a little tricky right now. 
uh, to trust what we're going to see from them. Now, Toronto's actually played this Jets team very well here. Three straight head-to-head victories for Toronto uh, in this series, including back-to-back wins for them here hosting Winnipeg. 7-3 to a couple of years ago, 4-1 to last year in January, and they also won in Winnipeg last year. So it was a 2-0 sweep in the series for the Leafs last year uh, over the uh, Jets. Uh, we'll see how this game uh, plays out tonight, but, you know, Normally, I'd be on Winnipeg here, but I'm, you know, he's unavailable, uh, Perlo. Uh, it's already, uh, according to everyone I've read, that Shifley's out tonight uh, for uh, this game. So uh, that's the latest update I've seen anyway. But, yeah, just for me, I'm going to look toward the draw. I mean, if you had to make me pick the money line, I would I would only take to, uh, Winnipeg at the plus 120 because I still think they're a little bit better. But, you know, I, I get that sense the Leafs are going to dig in for Sammy tonight, Sam, for Ilya Samsonov. So we'll see if that's the case. And that's also why, as far as the total goes, I'm not involved in that either. I think it's one of those games where you could see an over, could see an under. Nothing would surprise me. Uh, what do you think here, Alex? Jets, Leafs. Yeah, I like the draw here too as well. I got uh, plus 340 at Caesars. But I also would be looking at maybe a live under. This is a game where I could see some goals early. And I know it's not Winnipeg's MO. They were the worst team when it comes to uh, goals in the first 10 minutes and first period over in the league. But like I said, playing against Toronto, and they're kind of missing some guys. And I could, I think this is where we're going to see Toronto kind of give more of an A game in this kind of home-and-home home set. Because they flip it around, and now Toronto wraps up at Winnipeg on Saturday after having a few days off. A lot of those, you know, it was about six Leafs that are going to be going uh, to, to the All-Star break, which is just back home. I think we could see where maybe the Leafs play hard in this contest, and then they kind of, you know, take a little step back in, in the flip side. So that's the way I'm kind of looking at this little home-and-home home set. I, I lean with Leafs. I think we'll be able to grab something in-game with them on the money line. And I also think we'll be able to grab that first period over uh Live, we're seeing a dollar fifteen right now because of how the Jets have played to this. We could wait and grab plus one thirty or higher just in a few minutes. So if we see Toronto bring that pace, we can grab plus one thirty in uh, in game. Maybe grab Leafs at a little bit of a cheaper price, and hopefully maybe take care of the bulk of the work and get a two nothing lead after twenty. So that's the way I'm kind of operating this. More of a live look. The only thing I have pregame is the draw. All right, like in the draw pregame, looking at a few other things alive as well. Uh, yeah, good question, Dave. Do you guys ever bet shots? I do. It's just, it's been a while since I've really, really bet them extensively. And it's because I'm, I'm, we're seeing it night in and night out that you think there's a shot on goal. There's a shot on goal. And then you look back at your, at the box score a minute later, it's like, they didn't register that as a shot on goal. And, you know, we've just had so many issues with, you know, they take shots on goal away later in the game. Uh, there's shots on goal that you think, oh, that was definitely a shot on goal. They don't count it. And then there's maybe instances where, wait, that goal, that shot maybe it hit someone in front, didn't get to the net, and then they do count it as a shot on goal. We just had so many discrepancies with shots on goals being registered accurately and correctly. It makes it a bit of a moving target trying to bet those. Maybe in the playoffs when there's less games and less opportunities to make money because there's fewer games, maybe I'll explore it again, the shots on goal market. But I'll be honest, with these inconsistencies, and this poor process that they're going through right now to handle these shots on goal counts in the arena and, and register them properly and some and some very questionable screw job that screw jobs blatantly yeah. but some questionable I've seen people just you know just so frustrated that they thought that guy definitely went over two and a half shots and it looked like he had three at least during the game. And next thing you know, they look at the box score and it's been changed into an hour. It shows three initially. They go back and look an hour after the game. The guy's only registered for two shots on goal and they lose their bet. 
Yep. You know, and I've seen that happen multiple times. So I think shots on goal. Look, they've got to iron things out before I'm jumping in hand over fist again in that market. Yeah, absolutely. I I, I would feel more confident betting on some figure skating competitions in Russia than betting on the uh, the shots on goal right now. And here's the reason why: because no matter what, when you're betting things that are in the props market, right? Like I was talking about regulation draw versus yes no overtime, and now how they're trying to kind of hide the better prices using the yes no prop. Well, here's the thing about that. When you look at a lot of those those bets that are listed in the specialty prop market, and I'm kind of using bet online as this reference, your bet won't be counted at the end of that game. They're going to wait. It's going to be at least 30 minutes after the game before your bet is counted, win or loss. So in them doing that, they basically have the time to connect and make sure and check with things with the league and whatever the league has submitted before they file in and, and, and pay everybody out, which is that's their due diligence. No, no knock on the book for that. But the league now has all this extra time to change whatever they want. And who's to say that the league doesn't have somebody on the phone with, say, I don't know, uh, one of their partners like BetMGM and say, oh, you guys have a ton of so-and-so on so-and-so, and then they take a goal off, a, a shot off, or take a block off or something like that? We don't know. And the fact that we don't have that transparency means we can't bet it until they show us how this system works. Yep. No, I'm with you, hundred uh, percent, and uh, that's why it's uh, that's why I'm standing pat right now with shots on goal. I haven't bet a shot on goal prop, and it feels like months. Uh, and I just got to the point where I'm fed up, and, and they've got to just iron out a much more uh, uh, st- accurate, uh, streamlined process to register shots on goal data correctly uh, before I'm ready. Like I say, in the playoffs, I probably will get back into it just because we've got fewer games. Uh, and I'll be deviling in more to props extensively, even more than I already do, because we're going to have two to four games a night once we get into the Stanley Cup playoffs. So, uh, and that's that. Those shows are going to be fun when we get into the playoffs. Yes, there's less games, but we'll really be able to, you know, really be able to dissect and analyze and do an autopsy over the props extensively uh, once we get into the uh, Stanley Cup playoffs. So uh, definitely we'd be looking for that's the part of the playoffs. Definitely. I'm looking forward to as far as uh, player props in this game. Yeah, that's the, I agree with a couple of what our viewers and listeners are saying in the chat, stick to points, props, goals, props, assist props. That's what I've been doing. They can't take a goal off the board. A goal is a goal. An assist is an assist. You know, uh, well, uh, wait, wait, wait. Assists can be a little tricky because we have yeah. seen them take some assists and give that. some assists away. Yeah. So uh, we can't always say that either, <laughs> but, but you're they, more, more likely for it to stick. Yeah, but the and the and the difference is the shots on goal, they're not going above and beyond the call of duty to get it right and get right. it accurate. Exactly. Goal they have to. You know, and you will see goals change, but they always get it right at least. You can you can count on that. They're going to get it right as far as who scored the goal. Uh and that's why goals are my favorite, my absolute favorite prop, the one I bet the most, goal props. You, you know, that's a good point. I yeah. since we've been betting player props and since the 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 PAPSA law has ended I can't say I've seen a goal prop change drastically uh, in that time like we have with shots on goal. Like, yeah, it's it's nowhere even close compared. Assists have been a little shaky. I've seen maybe a couple assists go away, but that even that's fairly rare. So, yeah, you, you're better off sticking with those two markets before even looking at shots on goal right now. And even with assists, uh, you know, assists getting changed on certain goals, they're still more accurate with those changes than any shots on goal. Uh, changes that are made i find there's uh, obviously there's worse uh level of accuracy or and a greater level of inaccuracy when they change shots on goal uh numbers uh, compared to uh assists uh when they make those changes so uh keep that in mind but again once we get into the playoffs i definitely probably will start to get into some shots on goal props and uh just hope i don't get uh robbed uh, of some uh, of, of of a shots on goal cashing 
ticket that probably should cash based on the numbers. All right, next up, we've got Arizona. Oh, by the way, I've, I've, again, I forgot to mention the props. for Nemesnikov's on the top line for the Jets tonight. I think that's a great prop. He's got great value tonight. Vladdy Nemesnikov on the top line for the Winnipeg Jets uh, tonight uh, because of the injuries. And I think he scored as well the last game uh, for the uh, – Winnipeg Jets are over the weekend. I think he got credit for the, yes, he got credit for the one goal they scored against Boston. So Vladdy Nemestikov with Ehlers and Connor. I like Nemestikov as far as value there. Dominic Toninato as well is up on the second line in the center spot between Perfetti and Ayafalo. So there's another good uh, prop value potential there for Winnipeg with, uh, uh, with Toninato on the second line and for Toronto he's back to the top line with Matthews and Marner I think he played one of his best games even though he didn't score against Seattle he was all over the ice and that's Matthew Nyes I feel he's close to scoring again for this team and he is up there with uh, Matthews tonight again and Marner Uh, Holmberg's been dropped to the second line with Tavares and Nylander and another one I would look at is Nick Robertson I think Nick Robertson's a nice prop for Toronto this guy is showcasing himself he might get dealt before the trade deadline uh, and, you know, he's trying to make the most of this opportunity. He scored against Seattle. It was one of his better games. He got into the lineup, made an impact. So there are a couple of decent props here uh, in this Jets-Leafs game. All right, Arizona, Florida. Florida minus 250, home favorites, six the total here in this game tonight. Uh, the Florida Panthers uh, bounce back from a, a bad homestand where they only went one and four, uh, including dropping the Last four on that homestand against the Devils, Ducks, Red Wings, and Wild. But they go on the road. They take care of business against Nashville. One of the luckiest ever, you know, team total overs all cash with Florida in that game. I mean, it was 2-1. to one. They get two empty net goals, and they make it 4-1. to one. But I'll take it with the uh, team total, and I also had Florida in that game. So that ended up being pretty good. Uh, as far as this game goes, can Florida figure it out at home? I mean, they have been a road warrior, the Florida Panthers of late. But at home, you know, that's where they've been a little bit susceptible. See if they can get their home ice issues figured out tonight uh, against an Arizona team that's won two in a row against Nashville and Pittsburgh, but those were both at Mullet Arena. You know, you get this team on the road. They're just 8-13 and 13, uh, away from the Mullet this season. So you got a team that struggled at home lately and a team that struggled on the road in Arizona all season long. So what's going to give here in this game? Um there are two bets I like, though, uh, in this game, because if you look, we've got Karel Vemelka confirmed in net for the Coyotes. Uh, Sergei Bobrovsky back in net, who has not been nearly as sharp in these recent home starts that he's had. Looks like Barkov has been upgraded. There is a potential he returns tonight from his lower body injury. He's missed the last three games. Uh, game time decision for Florida, so the captain might return. The, the injuries are mounting on the blue line here for Arizona. They're already without Stetcher. They're already without a couple centers in Boyd and Hayton. But Matt Dumba being out and uh, is unfortunate because he's actually played pretty solid for them. And it's not a team with a great deal of depth yet, especially quality depth on the blue line. And now you're putting Karel Vemelka in there, who, as we know, hasn't had a great season, hasn't had uh, anywhere close to the uh, level of play we've seen from him at times, at least, uh, in the past. So I do worry about that for Arizona uh, with Vemelka in net, Dumba out. You know, you're testing your defensive depth a little bit uh, going into this game. That's definitely something that would concern me a little bit. So as far as this game goes, look, I cashed a ticket with Florida team total over against Nashville. I'm going right back to that tonight. Uh, Florida Panthers team total over three and a half, minus 125. I think it's a really good look. I wouldn't argue with a first period over uh, necessarily either in this game. Uh, And I like full game over six. 
uh, as well here with the uh, Coyotes and the uh, Panthers in this game. So maybe a little sprinkle on the first periods here, both teams to score and over in the first period, but specifically more so I like the Panthers team total over three and a half and the full game uh, over six here with the Coyotes and the Panthers. Uh, by the way, I think it's identical 5-3 Florida victories the last two times they've hosted Arizona here in Florida. So it uh, wouldn't surprise me if 5-3, maybe a 5-3 correct score prop. Never know. Uh, maybe sprinkle a couple bucks on that. I just want to validate that that's correct. Yes, it is. Yeah. Last two times they've hosted uh, Arizona, 2021, and then last year, which was in January, Florida 5-3, Florida 5-3, both of those games. So why not? Maybe a small little 5-3 correct score prop. Uh, in this game as well. Uh, Alex, what do you think here? Coyotes, Panthers. Yeah, we pretty much have the exact same bets. I'm on first period over and full game over already. Uh, I was trying to look and see if there's a better price for that team total of the three and a half, but I, I definitely like that look there as well. Uh, Coyotes definitely seem like one of those teams we could fade the next couple of days heading into the break. Uh, like I said, they're having all these injuries. They need time to heal. They know that they're still in the race as far as the wild card's concerned. So there's no reason to empty the tank now. You just kind of just cruise into the break, get rested, get healthy, come back out swinging uh, right out of the gate. So this just makes total sense that this could be a, a, a Florida look. Look at the team total over in the first period, over in the full game. A little bit, I would probably stay away from both teams to score first period. Uh, I, I can see where it just, like I said, this might be a complete no-show out of Arizona potentially. So we need Florida to rely on the bulk of the goal. So uh, maybe in a Florida and over five and a half combo as well. You can find that at a, at a cheaper price. You want to knock it down. You get be creative with, with adding some Florida, uh, you know, sides, of course. But just mostly look at the totals there. Team total, full game over at first period over. And of course, Vimalka, we've talked about it. He has not been what Connor Ingram's been uh, for this team in net. He's given well, not, up at least three at goals. No, not at all. And three goals allowed at least in four straight starts. Uh, a three point three two goals against average. Eight ninety five uh, save percentage uh, for him going into this game tonight. So. Uh, definitely concerns there against this Florida team, who, by the way, as far as props tonight for Florida, uh, E2 Kuhlman, Luce Dorinan, uh, for now still on the top line. Looks like Lindell is down to the second line if Barkov returns. Uh, so keep an eye on that. Verhage and Reinhardt, and uh, uh, certainly you could keep backing those guys. Bennett had a huge night, so maybe you can consider props involving uh, him as well. Uh, we'll see if he's able to uh, make an impact. Don't sleep on this kid either that got uh, into the lineup against Nashville. He didn't get a point and only nine minutes, but he had three shots on goal, and he had a couple of really good looks, really good chances, and that's Mackie Semiskevich uh, here for the uh, Florida Panthers. Uh, this is a guy that's on their third line. Uh, hey, Landon is on, ugh, ahead of me there think, thinking the same thing. I mean, I thought he was very noticeable in that game. Uh, called up from the AHL. Uh, and even though he's on the third line for this team, uh, you know, he made some things happen uh, and uh, was noticeable getting to the net, getting opportunities. I mean, he's plus 550 out there to score. I mean, I don't hate that taking a cup, taking a shot with that uh, as far as uh, Mackie Semiskevich here tonight for the uh, Florida Panthers. Again, I thought, you know, definitely he was making some things happen uh, the other night against Nashville had three shots on goal uh, in that game for Arizona. Uh, you know, Alex Kerf, Foot. I think he got on the board for them the other night. Zucker starting to heat up a bit. Uh, Bukestad on the top line, I think, scored the other night. So there's a couple that have some value right now for Arizona based on their line comp, uh, line lineup position 
and also, of course, what we've seen from them as far as production lately. All right, Carolina-Boston, another good matchup here tonight on the slate. Boston minus 135, home favorites, six the total uh, in this one. Uh, it looks like tonight we might be seeing the debut of Spencer Martin for the Carolina Hurricanes. If you'll remember, they claimed him off waivers from the uh, Columbus Blue Jackets, uh, and he is now backing up anti Ranta, of course, with Anderson and Pyotr Kochekov out long term. So Spencer Martin might be in net tonight with his de- making his debut for the Carolina Hurricanes. We know Andrei Svechnikov will not play uh, upper body injury. He'll miss his second straight game for the uh, Carolina Hurricanes. And, uh, you know, he was playing pretty well. I mean, you're talking about a guy that had, uh, since the beginning of the new year, five goals for the uh, Hurricanes and three, five, six, seven, nine points uh, over a span of just seven games. So more than a point-per-game player, Andrei Svechnikov, before uh, that injury that kept him out against Minnesota and that same upper-body injury that will keep him out once again tonight uh, for the Carolina Hurricanes against uh, the um, against the um, against the uh, Boston Bruins. So we'll see how that goes. You know, as far as this game goes with uh, Carolina Boston, I think when you look at the uh, the, the lineup here, there's some good prop options in this game, uh, in my opinion. When you look at what Carolina has been able to do uh, recently here, uh, you look at Bunting, you look at um, uh, uh, you look more so at Bunting, Jarvis. Uh, they've been stepping up. Nason's been very good. I want to point out that Martin Nuke, we were riding some uh, goal props with him a little bit lately, but uh, certainly we look at a, at, that, at him cooling off a little bit. So uh, keep an eye on that. But I'd still maybe uh, take a look. You know, it's some Martin Nuke props as well uh, for the Carolina Hurricanes. But I think as far as this game goes, I mean, I'm interested in the over in the first period over, certainly. Boston has been, you know, racking in the goals. Keep in mind the Winnipeg-Boston game. Yes, it stayed under the full game. But the first period flew over the total. What was it? Two to one Boston, I believe, after the first period the other night against the uh, Winnipeg Jets. So I could see this being a first period over candidate. Uh, Carolina against uh, Minnesota. Believe that game. Uh, on uh, the weekend, also cashed the first period over. Yes, it did. It was 1-1 with Minnesota-Carolina after the uh, first period of that game. So this is one of those games where I, I like the over concept, but it's one of those games where I think I might split it up between the uh, first period uh, and the uh, full game. Uh, Alex, what do you think here in this one, uh, Hurricanes and Bruins? Only thing I'm grabbing here is the first period over, uh, 1.5 minus $1.20. Boston has gone over the first and four of their last five games. Carolina is on a 12-4 and four run the last 16, uh, just very quietly kind of getting it done in that department. So I love goals here early. Maybe we see things kind of taper off a little bit. If, if we see the pace change in the second period, we can try and grab a live under. But uh, just right now, roll up that first period over here with Canes and Bees. Yeah, I think the first period over is definitely a solid look here uh, in this game uh, based on. And the Bruins have been getting off to these, you know, fast starts lately. It's been pretty crazy to see it. And uh, certainly when you look at the goaltending here, now it should be Swayman for Boston, but hasn't been confirmed just yet. Spencer Martin hasn't been confirmed just yet, but there's multiple sites that are at least projecting. Uh, you know, him to be to be in net here for the uh, Hurricanes tonight. So for that reason, you know, I'm definitely looking towards, I think we'll see some goals early. And by the way, when you look at uh, these uh, two teams, they did play a 4-3 game in a shootout the other night. The, the, the draw, I'm actually going to take a small shot on the draw as well here. Now, Boston, after that four straight overtime shootout games that they had on that road trip, they've come back home. They haven't played a single 
a game that's gone past regulation. But two of the last three meetings with the Hurricanes and the Bruins have gone past regulation. So, uh, oh, it's Allmark tonight, says. Oh, there is our guy, Jimmy Murphy. Allmark for Boston. There we go. Jimmy, what's up? Good to see you. And make sure you're watching the eye test Monday to Friday with him and Pierre McGuire, 4 p.m. Eastern. Uh, so make sure you check that out. But, yeah, I like first period over. Uh, both teams to score, yeah. Uh, yeah, it makes this, sense in this game. I think so. I think we could see 1-1. One, one, but I definitely want a little more of my – uh, amount of money toward the over one and a half because I could also see two nothing Boston potentially in the first period as well. But yeah, I think Carolina can get on the board. So it's definitely a first period, both teams to score that I think has a definite possibility uh, of cashing in uh, for sure. So that's the way I'm approaching it there with Carolina, Boston. And I still say that any goalie outside of Kochetkov, you know, I, and part of it was they had Svechnikov and Aho going and it was part I don't trust their goaltending and part uh, their offense now with everyone going, including Aho and Svechnikov mean meant Carolina would be a decent over team in the short term. Now, no Svechnikov hurts. And let's keep in mind, we only saw them score two goals at home against Minnesota in that first game without him. So that does concern me just a little bit, but I'm still going to go forward with uh, over uh, one and a half first period, uh, both teams to score in the first period. And also a little on that over six as well in the game. Uh, Charlie Coyle, good call by Jimmy. Uh, knows that Bruins team, of course, well. Uh, five games in a row with a point. Him, Jake DeBrusque is the one that I like because he's starting to heat up. Is starting to find the back of the net for this Bruins team. Uh, that's one of my favorite goal props of the night. We're riding uh, DeBrusque in a three-game goal-scoring streak for him uh, going into this game tonight. Uh, Coyle, certainly, I, I could certainly see that as far as he is concerned but definitely Jake DeBrusque you look at what he's been doing three consecutive games with a goal and you could still find plus 300 on the nose at both FanDuel and BetMGM for Jake DeBrusque tonight uh, to score a goal we're talking about obviously uh, three straight games for him with a goal so that is outstanding uh, value for someone that's heating up right now for the Boston Bruins heating up at the right time uh, because you want to see this team offensively uh, get going, and they have been certainly doing that on this homestand. Offense hasn't been an issue. Four, nine, five, and three, and a grand total of, now skewed by the Montreal game, uh, but still 21 goals in the four games on the homestand so far for the Boston Bruins. All right, Washington, Colorado. We've got the Avalanche minus 270 uh, home favorites, uh, six the total uh, here in this game. Oh, there you go, James uh, Jimmy Murphy. Jakob Lauko, how about that? Uh, plus 700 bargain bin. He did score, I believe, the other night against Winnipeg. I love that kid's game. Plus 825 at Patano. What I want to point out about Lauko, that guy's got some sandpaper to him. You know, he absolutely does. We know he's uh, he doesn't mind getting into the uh, fray physicality-wise. He's dropped the gloves a couple of times, I mean, this year for the Boston Bruins. I like what I see from him. He's a team player. You know, and, and he does, and he's doing all the right things out there. You know, he's, I think, responsible, you know, away from the puck. I know he's only got two goals on the season, but those two goals came in the last three games for him. Um, so plus 700, plus 825. I'll make sure I post that on the Patreon page when, when I post the uh, card later. Bargain bin special that we got a bonus pick, even though he's not on the show today, from Jimmy Murphy. Jakob Lauko, uh, plus 825 at Patano. Uh, but still, you know, pretty good price there, no question. And like I say, I like what I'm seeing from that guy lately. All right, Washington, Colorado. You know, definitely Colorado back home. We'll see how they fare. This is the first game home after that road trip in the East. 
you know, that's a bit of a tricky spot. Five games, too. I mean, it was a long road trip. Toronto, Montreal, Ottawa, Boston, Philly. But they have had three days off, which helps. They haven't played since that uh, Saturday game uh, against the uh, Philadelphia Flyers, where they won 7-4 to four, uh, over Philly to at least preserve a 3-2 and two road trip. You know, all things considered, not bad. 3-2 and two road trip for the uh, Colorado Avalanche, a team that hasn't always been you know, at their best on the road this year. Now they're back home, 18-5 and five at home this year. Washington is doing that dreaded back-to-back on the road in altitude, thin air, you know, obviously at Ball Arena. Tough, tough spot for the Capitals here when you factor in that this is going to be back-to-back for them uh, on the road. Uh, Charlie Lindgren in net for uh, Washington uh, here tonight. Alexander Georgiev in net. You would think maybe Kemper against the team that he uh, led to a Stanley Cup a couple of years ago, but Kemper played last night uh, against Minnesota, so it's going to be uh, Lindgren. They had obviously no intention of starting him uh, back-to-back games. Uh, Georgiev in net here for uh, Colorado. You have said all year, Alex and I, that Lindgren has been the better of the two goalies this year for Washington. Uh, that being said, his last game uh, gave up three goals, shutout loss to the uh, St. Louis Blues uh, on the road. We'll see how he fares. I think Perlow. Liking Charlie Lindgren over saves, I would certainly not argue with that. Uh, the one thing we usually get from Colorado, especially at home, is they rack up the shot count. Well, at least the, the, the ones that aren't taken away, uh, they rack up the uh, shot count, especially at home. Uh, you look at some of these home games, 35 against Vegas, 36 against Boston, 39 against the Islanders. You know They have definitely been racking up the shots on goal uh, on home ice. But you know what they've also been doing on home ice lately? They've been going to overtime and playing teams a little closer than you would think. So this is one where I might sprinkle on the draw uh, a little bit uh, here in this game. Uh, As far as the uh, total in this game, I'm torn on the total because I want to look over six. Uh, I'm definitely interested in Colorado's team total over, and I know Lindgren has played better than Darcy Kemper, and he's capable of going in there and putting up a – a pretty good performance and keeping Colorado off the board. I just don't know if Washington's capable of hanging in there defensively tonight. This is back-to-back on the road. We saw them give up five to Minnesota last night in that loss. Good luck now against a Colorado team with even greater firepower to try to keep them off the board here. So I'm probably going to do what I did in the Florida game, do a split with Colorado team total over three and a half, which is around minus 132, and a split with that and the full game over six in this one with the Capitals and the Avs. Uh, what do you think here, Alex? Washington, Colorado. This is a, this is a really tricky game. And, and, you know, like I said, Colorado team total is the first thing that kind of stuck out at me. But coming home off of the long road trip and now getting ready to go into the break, and I'm like, can Washington put up enough goals to cash a two-and-a-half team total against yep. the Avs, even if they lose this game? Could they lose this game 5-3 like they did last night here in Minnesota? So I, I think that might be the one thing I, I jump in on pregame. I'm going to take the Caps team total over two and a half and a plus right. price. I see a 115 at, at Pinnacle, but I got to shop for something local. Uh, so that's the one thing I kind of stick at now. I think maybe they'll be able to find a, a few pets. And Yorgiev, who has been playing his ass off, seems like he's gotten what all but maybe five starts this this year for the ass so far. So if there's one guy who would be looking forward to maybe getting some rest, you'd think it would be him. But it's just, uh, yeah, I get to see where maybe Colorado doesn't have their full game. They aren't Toronto in this spot necessarily where, oh, laying 270, they're going to just go and outright lose. Uh, but I could definitely see where, okay, this this is a 6-3 abs win, and then we cash our two and a half on the Caps. So team total over with the Capitals. All right, team total over with the Caps. Hey, you're getting a, a, only a two and a half there uh, with them. 
uh, in this game. So uh, definitely and over two and a half at plus money, plus 112 with over two and a half at Pinnacle. So, you know, it does feel like, you know, Colorado has had some of these spots against lesser competition, and it's exacerbated by the fact they're off that long road trip as well, where they haven't always been uh, tearing it up and they've let teams hang around. So I could see that's why I'm on the full game over too, because I think Washington could put up some goals tonight uh, in this game. And I I'd still think Colorado can as well. Yeah, TJ Oshie and Anthony Mantha would be the two players I'd be interested in for Washington for goal props. Uh, Mantha scored two goals last night, and he's actually played better the last month. Oshie, for sure. Uh, he scored again last night for Washington. And for Colorado, I still think the value for them is Drew Amp playing with McKinnon and Rantanen. And anyone on that second line, take your pick. Miles Wood, Ross Colton, Logan O'Connor. They have been very good for Colorado, that trio. Uh, so I could see any of them being good player prop looks tonight in this game as well. All three of them could be once again. All right, next up, we've got Chicago and Seattle. Uh, the Kraken minus 290 uh, home favorites. Total in this game is uh, six, or, or actually no, six, five and a half, sorry, uh, in this game. And it should be five and a half of uh, this total with what we're seeing right now from uh, Chicago. I'll tell you what, Alex, we just uh, happened to pick the right way to bet it the other night. With uh, I did it with uh, Chicago and Bank, uh, Vancouver, where I just took the first period team total over one and a half at plus 185 for Vancouver. And sure enough, they get the two goals in the first period quickly, bang, bang, to go up 2 nothing, And then they park the bus pretty much the rest of the game after that. Uh, and it ends up uh, obviously uh, finishing at 2 nothing in favor of uh, Vancouver. Um, we'll see how this one plays out with Chicago, Seattle. You know, Seattle now... Since that you know nine-game win streak, they've now lost four in a row, but the schedule has been hellacious, and they've been banged up. They've been dealing with injuries. There's been an illness running through the team as well. You know They've been without Matty Beneers and Yanni Gord and Belmar, and Bjorkstrand's been banged up. They've had the illness running through the team. They've had this brutal schedule where they've had a lot of travel, a lot of games in a short period of time. When you think about since Martin Luther King Day last Monday, they were at Pittsburgh, then at the New York Rangers on a back-to-back. Then they fly to Edmonton, third road game in four nights against the Oilers. And then they finally get back home for that dreaded first game home off a six-game road trip against Toronto. And that was a tough spot for them too, as it is for any team. But now they finally get a couple of days uh, following that uh, loss to Toronto to uh, finally not have to travel, not get on an airplane, you know, get comfortable at home. And I think tonight's the night where you could see a better step-up effort from Seattle. I think it's a great chance for them to obviously end that losing streak. But obviously, I'm not going to lay minus 290 uh, with them tonight. So Chicago's still offensively challenged, as we know. Uh, the Islander performance is kind of looking like a mirage here uh, at the moment, Alex, for the uh, Chicago Blackhawks. They scored four, and they won that game in overtime. But other than that, one, 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 two, zero, zero for the Chicago Blackhawks as far as uh, goal scoring during this recent stretch and yes they got Nick Foligno back but still didn't help too much against Vancouver and you're still without uh, Tyler Johnson Taylor Hall Connor Bedard Anthony Beauvillier uh, Andreas Athanasiu and you are still very much ravaged as far as forward injuries up front right now and again a team that's having a hard time especially on the road they are having a hard time uh, putting the puck in the net what is it back-to-back shutout losses uh, on the road you go back to their last five road games they have not scored more than two goals in any of those road games and they have scored a grand total of four goals four in their last five road games the chicago blackhawks so offensively challenge i'll tell you what i think the bet to make might be here in this game 
it's too juiced though. I can't do it. I can't do it. Not at that price. I was going to say Chicago team total under uh, two and a half, but it's minus 170. Can't lay that price. Just can't. Uh, but certainly I don't think they're going to get more than two. And I think Joey Decord, you know, who uh, we like quite a bit, he's likely going to be a net, could play well. This also could be a full game under because Morozik just got extended. And I'm sure Alex will talk about that two-year extension uh, for Peter Morozik. Now he's got the, uh, the, the, the re-up in his contract. Uh, maybe you get a little uh, pep in his step tonight uh, in net for Chicago, and he plays well now with the new contract under his – or maybe he's a Nylander tonight. He's gotten paid, and now he's going <laughs> to go the other way. Uh, that's also a possibility. But, uh, yeah, the only thing I might touch here is a Chicago team total under. Uh, but even then, minus 170, it's too rich for my blood. What do you think here, Alex? Blackhawks cracking. Well, Peter Morazzi will be a spectator tonight, at least for the beginning of this contest. It will be Arvid Soderblom getting the start. Now, I say he'll be a spectator for the beginning of the contest. Chances are he probably ends up getting some ice time later tonight. This is going to be an absolute fucking blowout. I like Seattle team total here. Uh, I'm going to go alternate team total at four. I like the over five and a half. Not sure why it's still five and a half. I like uh, over one and a half, minus 115. I'm going to probably even look at the same thing you did with Vancouver and go Seattle first period team total. I think this game uh, will just be kind of an absolute just kind of shit show. And it leads into the fact of uh, something that Rich H was mentioning, that they might be looking a bit ahead to Edmonton. If there's one team on this trip that they would like to beat and, and something that they would, you know, like could kind of put under their belt would be possibly be the team to snap Edmonton's losing. Not that they can or will, but they look forward to right, it. Right, but they look forward to it. So, <laughs> so as wild as that sounds, like, okay, this might be a look-ahead spot. It shouldn't be any look-ahead spots for the Hawks. You need to take everybody seriously because you're the worst team in the league. But I could easily see Seattle running away with this game tonight and the Hawks putting up a little bit more of an effort with a better goaltender in net uh, and Peter Morazic for the majority of that game, I would presume, uh, tomorrow night. So with this one, uh, everything Seattle, but definitely loving the first period over, full game over. Seattle team total over in the first period and full game. Uh, cracking all day. And you expect Soder, uh, Soderblom in Soderblom. tonight, right? Yeah, yeah. So, Soderblom. It's been confirmed already. So. Yeah, there we go. It has been confirmed. All right, so that's, that's Rotowire not doing their job. Oh, there we go. Now I see it. I just had to refresh. There we go. Yep. He's in. All right, that changes. Well, no, actually doesn't change much. I could still look at Chicago team total. That's the thing, too. Alex is talking about the Seattle team total over in the first period, full game team total over, f- over five and a half in the game. All of that shit could cash. But so could Chicago team total under, you know, two and a half. Uh, if you want to lay the minus 170, it won't affect that. Um, so, you know, because you could see, you know, 4-2, 5-2, uh, something like that here in this game, 5-1. Hell, maybe saying Chicago's going to score two goals tonight is generous, <laughs> the way it's been going for them uh, lately. But, uh, yeah, I think I might, I might, you know, it worked against Vancouver, or it worked for Vancouver against Chicago. I might go back to what you said there too with the team total in the first period at the nice plus, and you get a nice plus price with those. That's the beauty of betting those over one and a half team totals in the first period. You got a nice rich plus one eighty to plus two hundred in some cases uh, with that. So uh, definitely, I like that here. Yes, Philip Grubauer has been activated from the IR, and there is a chance he makes his return tonight for Seattle and gets the start, but it hasn't been confirmed. Uh, he has been activated. Yeah. I would love the over even more with that the full full game and first period over that 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 would scare me off of, of a Hawks team total under. Yes, if, if I agree. A that 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 definitely and that number of five and a half will definitely be going up to a six everywhere if, if he's confirmed along with with Soderblom. 
And it's not that Philip Grubauer can't eventually get back into form, but the first game after how long he's been out, we know it's always dicey, you know, to trust a goalie in that kind of a situation. Uh, no question. Uh, not much for me with props here. There's other games I like props more. The only thing I really looked at here is maybe a Wenberg or a Tolvanen. Uh, and maybe Eberly. Eberly streaky scored the other night. You know, maybe I could see him maybe getting on a bit of a run for the uh, Kraken. All right, next there's up, we got prop, two. There's a prop I do have for uh, oh, Seattle. Okay. I'll talk about a little bit later. Very good. And the bargain bin. All right, St. Louis and Vancouver. Uh, we've got uh, St. Louis. Uh, sorry, Vancouver, rather. Minus 250. Home favorites. Six and a half the total uh, here in this game. Um, obviously, Vancouver. Um, this is good teams do what they do. I mean, was it pretty? You know, was it a game where they absolutely pulverized Chicago? No, I, I don't even think it was a great performance necessarily uh, by the Vancouver Canucks in that uh, victory against Chicago, but they did what they had to do. They got the victory uh, in that game, uh, and that is all that matters. So we'll see if they can follow that up. They get uh, an advantageous situation here because St. Louis rolls in on a back-to-back after a thrilling comeback win 4-3 last night over the Calgary Flames. Uh, we'll see if uh, St. Louis can uh, bounce back here tonight. Uh, against the uh, Vancouver Canucks. It's certainly not going to be easy for them. Uh, you look at the goalie matchup here in this game, Casey DeSmith and Joel Hofer are going to be the uh, goalie matchup for these uh, teams going into tonight. Uh, like I said, Canucks won 2-0 uh, against uh, Chicago in their last game. Casey DeSmith's got pretty solid numbers this year. 2.55 goals against, 9.15 save percentage, 7-3-1 record. Uh, you know, he's given up, I believe, two goals or three goals or less in three straight games for the uh, or three of the last four games, rather, for the uh, Vancouver Canucks. He's played pretty well. Joel Hofer went through this great stretch of games where he was absolutely phenomenal against Florida, against Dallas. But since then, not nearly as sharp. He gave up three goals to Pittsburgh in a loss, four goals to Florida in another loss and Philadelphia. He gave up uh, three goals on 41 shots. So he's lost each of his last three starts. Uh, Joel Hofer uh, going into this game uh, tonight. Um, you know, you look at this situation. That's true. Good point by Rich H. They lost in St. Louis uh, on that road trip, two to one, uh, the Canucks. Uh, and it's the only game they have lost, uh, Vancouver. It's the only game they have lost, really. Uh, one of only two games they have lost in their last 10. Uh, one of those losses was against St. Louis on that road trip. So, We'll see how it goes here. This is one where I might, you know, maybe look at a first period team total again with the Canucks race out to that lead, part the bus kind of deal. Uh, that's potential here for me in this game because it worked against Chicago. Maybe it can work tonight. You know, as far as the full game total is concerned, I do want to point out with uh, St. Louis and Vancouver, uh, we have seen uh, two straight unders. I know long term the games in Vancouver were kind of more over than under. I'm a little lukewarm on the total. I would probably look more toward Vancouver in the first period uh, with that team total. Take a shot again. I get plus 180, plus 190 price that they can get two goals at home in the opening period. Certainly something that maybe they can do here tonight against the Blues. Uh, what do you think here in this one, Alex? Blues, Canucks. Uh, Vancouver is one of those teams I kind of have right there with Toronto. They got a lot of guys that are going to be going to the All-Star game. They've had a tremendous run that few and far, far saw coming uh, in this first first half. And I think we could see them kind of maybe slam the brakes a little bit. And we saw that with that Chicago game. They were yep. playing at about 70% and still were able to do more than enough to uh, to dominate that contest. 
against a St. Louis team where they played close with three of the last four meetings decided by one goal, two of those going past regulation. Like I said, Hofer's kind of regressed, which that's not shocking. He's the middle-of-the-road backup goaltender. Casey Smith has actually played very well. He's one of the higher-rated goaltenders in, in my rankings uh, this year, and I'll be doing my splits during the all-star break of top starters and top backups and kind of go a little bit deeper into the goalie charts uh, during the break, and I'll have that stuff, of course, on Patreon. But uh, with all that being said, the one thing I like here is the draw. And you can find it as high. I'm seeing, uh, you know, plus 380 at Caesars. I'm sure I got to look at FanDuel. It's got to be a plus 400 around if, you, if you're seeing 370 or 380 at the Caesars. So uh, we'll definitely be on the regulation draw. I'll try to get the best price with that. But I can see this one being kind of a tighter game. Uh, maybe goals back and forth, but it still should end up being kind of tight late and see this one go past 60 minutes. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, definitely. I, I could see that as well. Uh, the draw, that's not a bad draw look. I mean, you're right about bank. There is some truth to that about Vancouver that you look at the Chicago game. Wasn't, it wasn't a great 60 minutes. It was a great 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. And then there was a good amount of lethargic in their play for the final 40 minutes the other night against uh, Chicago and the Toronto game too. They had the three, nothing lead and they totally shut it off in the second period, you know, and that's when Toronto came back. And uh, so they haven't played 60 strong minutes here. These last couple of home games and the Arizona game, same thing. Yeah. And, and that's the thing, too. Like I said, you know, Vancouver, yeah, you can afford to take a second period off against Chicago. They have no offense. St. Louis yeah. has got a little bit more offense. And we just saw them last night come back. So yeah. who's to say this could easily be the same kind of scenario. Vancouver hops out to a 2-1, 3-1 lead. And next thing you know, it's 3-3 going to OT. And we'll see who wins after that. So No doubt. As far as uh, props go, I'll throw out some for Vancouver. It's neighbors and Cairo usually for St. Louis that I'm interested in, but for Vancouver, Pew Suter scored the last game and he's on the second line now. I think there's value there. Uh, Garland and Hoaglander are another couple that have been uh, noticeable lately for Vancouver. So those would be some player props I might be looking at here in this game. All right, on to the final game: Buffalo Sabers, Los Angeles Kings. We've got uh, the Kings minus one ninety home favorites. Uh, the total in this game currently sitting at uh, six, shaded to the over. Uh, got a push with Buffalo Anaheim over last night. I mean, may, can you make heads or tails of which side you trust in, in this game? I mean, the Kings, I thought the Ranger game was going to be a springboard for them. And then sure enough, what happens? They lose to the San Jose Sharks uh, the very next game after finally getting back in the win column. So they weren't able you know, to sustain that rhythm and that momentum from that win against the Rangers. And their overall body of work lately and current form is not one where I'm ready to say, yeah, I'm ready to lay minus 190 or endorse the Kings as a big favorite. No, I I tried that the other night uh, against San Jose, and I paid the price. I was on them, what, in the first period puck line? It was 0-0 after the first period. Uh, And then San Jose gets two goals to take the lead. And then, of course, once that happened, I know San Jose is not great, but once they got up 2-0, I'm like, well, there goes that minus 2.5 that I took a shot with with the Kings the other night. So, you know, just can't do it with L.A. at this price. Now, do you trust Buffalo? I mean, that was horrible for Buffalo last night. There was one time that the shots on goal were 32 to 15 for Anaheim last night. That's Anaheim. Okay, it's the Ducks. It's not even, you know, a team that's been great this year, not even close to great. And they were just totally all over you for much of that game last night. Uh, so if you're Buffalo, you've got to bring a hell of a stronger effort than that to the table uh, here tonight against the Kings. And of course they're on a back-to-back. Now the the good news about these Anaheim LA back-to-backs and vice versa, no travel, no airplane travel. You stay in the same hotel. All you got to do is take a bus down the freeway and you're there. 
so it's not all that big of a deal as far it's one of the easier digestible back-to-backs on the road you know that a team will go through uh, in the NHL uh, as far as series history you know Buffalo for a period of time there a few years ago they had won four straight uh, against the Kings since then though the Kings have beaten the Sabres three of the last four including both meetings here uh, in uh, LA this is a game I'm going to sprinkle on the draw here tonight with the Sabres and the Kings that's to me the approach I don't trust LA to win by margin right now hell are they even going to win this game at all you know, I've got my doubts right now. I don't know. I mean, this team, I thought the Ranger game, Alex, was going to get them going, get on that win streak, and then whoop, nope, lay a bomb here against the Sharks the other night and lose to San Jose. So you can't do it with L.A. And it's not like I'm rushing to back Buffalo. What a horrible performance that was for two and a half periods last night against Anaheim before they got those two uh, late goals. So uh, pick your poison. Uh, to me, the draw ain't poison. The draw is very possible here in this game. I think Buffalo will play harder, play better. They know they have to because you're playing a better team than Anaheim. But at the same time, L.A. is letting teams hang in games and beat them right now. That's just the way it is with the Kings. So I'm going to take a shot with the draw. And as far as player props, so help me God, if this guy doesn't fucking play through, want to rip someone through the boards tonight after what his coach said about him the other night uh, in that uh, game against the uh, uh, Sharks, then he needs to be, you need to start deducting some of the fucking salary that he's getting from this team. You know, and that after getting the trade, they traded for you from Winnipeg. They have faith in you to be a difference maker. And you've been, uh, can't be found with a telescope the last several games. McClellan finally had enough. Todd McClellan called him out. Pierre-Luc Dubois after the San Jose game. We need more from you. It's time. You know, you've got to start producing and you got to start just and he's even his defensive game hasn't been great he's given up the puck left and right he's throwing pizzas up the middle of the ice in a couple of these games just not managing the puck well well instead of benching him Todd McClellan called him out and Todd McClellan has put Pierre-Luc Dubois tonight on the top line with Andre Kopitar and Adrian Kempe it's put up or shut up time for PLD and if I'm PLD tonight after what my coach said that I'm st- and I'm still getting this opportunity on the top line, it's time to show up and do something. So I'm going to take a shot. And if he is invisible tonight, the invisible man, and he does jack shit once again for the LA Kings tonight, he can be benched ever ripped apart by his coach publicly a million times in the future. And I don't think I will bet him in the game after that. If he pulls another no show tonight for the LA Kings. So I'm going to buy into it tonight that it's a kick in the pants that he desperately needs plus 290 for Dubois to score plus 230 to get an assist. If you want to be safe, just take the point prop. It's plus 116. Uh, We're going to go with it tonight with Pierre-Luc Dubois uh, because if that's not a wake-up call uh, after what Todd McClellan said the other night, nothing will be for this guy. It'll just never sink in. If if Tonight's not the night you see something out of him. Uh, What do you think here, Alex? Sabres, Kings. Yeah, I, I, I wish you well. I wish you luck on, on cash tonight, but I wouldn't be shocked one bit if that man has all zeros. He's just skating out there, uh, getting his cardio in. So with that being said, I have nothing in this game whatsoever. Even the draw, yes, that's something I would probably lean toward. But like I said, I don't know where I'm going to get from either one of these clubs. Sharks after uh, Sabres, rather, after this game, they got the Sharks coming up, a team that they played very well, and they're going to have a couple of days off uh, in that time before having that last game. So, you know, maybe they're already kind of just enjoying the 
warm weather and just grateful they're not in the you know 100 feet of snow in buffalo right now and uh with the kings like i said just letting everybody kind of hang around rob blake what are you doing man you got to get a goaltender fast because you can't keep wearing down cam talbot who by the way is going to be going to the all-star game you can't you don't have uh you know david riddick that you can rely yeah, Lester on came off old dave riddick the other night didn't exactly it? Yeah. right you, you, there's no way you can ride him even as a 1b option so you, yeah. you gotta make a you have to make a call soon and fast because uh this could end up keeping you completely out of the playoffs and that would be a damn shame this is a really good kings team when they're fully healthy and, and playing to the, the height of their potential but you got to have that goaltending and, and right now i don't trust talbot playing this many games to be as strong as he was throughout a second half and then still be fresh and ready for a playoffs i don't trust david riddick to give you 20 quality starts uh in the next year so all that being said uh king's got to do something and, and this could be one of those games where they find their way to ot or this could be one of those games where if they get off to a slow start buffalo jumps all over them they're down 4-1 uh they just kind of skated out so it's a pass for me. yeah i don't blame you i'm not even all that convinced on the draw but it's the better option than backing either of these two sides right now uh, that much i can tell you uh, all right, as far as props, like I said, I'm taking a shot with Pierre-Luc Dubois. I am, better or worse. Moore, I think, is worth a look for Kings as well. He's been good. For Buffalo, I, I think there's value. Now, they only scored two goals against a lousy Anaheim defense last night. But, you know, you've got uh, Zach Benson, who I think is worth a look. Paterka, um, Jack Quinn, uh, Skinner. Jeff Skinner's back in the lineup with uh, Tage Thompson and Alex Tuck. Uh, but uh, we'll see. Ian, I don't think PLD on the top line. We'll see. Uh, oh, third center in practice. Uh, let me see. I'm just I'm going by what Rotowire is yeah, showing me. And I just they, saw left wing lock and cap friendly have him listed as a top line too. So, okay. Well, we'll uh, keep an eye on that. But uh, either way, you know, actually, you know what? His his position on the team doesn't change. For, uh, it doesn't matter where he's slotted in tonight. This is the coach saying, calling you out, saying we need more from you. That's what I'm banking on. Like, let's let's have some personal pride in the way we're playing right now. That we know we've got to be better. Let's be better when, especially when the coach is saying something about it. So that's why I'm going with PLD tonight. Uh, and again, if he doesn't do anything tonight, we won't be betting any PLD props for the foreseeable uh, future. Yeah, regarding him on the top line tonight, if he is on the top line tonight, they basically made that switch during the San Jose game because Byfield was up there initially. Uh, and they put PLD there, try to get things going, and it did not happen. But let's see what kind of response he has after. Because I think it would, Todd McClellan's not usually the one to publicly call out a player. He's rarely ever done that. That tells you how bad it's gotten with Dubois, that finally after that San Jose game, that's the boiling point. we got to say something about this guy and how he needs to be better. Uh, great stuff. Well, hopefully uh, we are better uh, as far as picks are concerned. Uh, here tonight on the Thursday, uh, or uh, yeah, on the Wednesday, I should say, uh, NHL card. I keep thinking it's Thursday because it's a bigger slate than normal yeah. uh, for a Wednesday. But shout out to everyone in the chat. Hit the like button. We appreciate it very much. Make sure you sign up and subscribe at patreon.com slash guys. Just $10 per month. The Patreon exclusive Ice Guys live betcast. It is right around the corner. Uh, it is coming up. So make sure now is the time to subscribe and sign up so that you're a part of our BetCast here before the end of January. It's $10 per month, patreon.com slash iceguys, just $10 per month. Sides, totals, player props get posted on the page each and every day. Goalie charts, totals charts uh, as well. And, of course, bonus content. We're going to be recording some stuff, Alex and I, that we'll post on the Patreon page exclusively for members during the All-Star break. So looking forward to that. 
And of course, like I said, our Patreon exclusive BetCast right around the corner. So make sure you sign up just $10 per month. And again, your subscription rates go a long way to keeping the show going for the long term. $10 per month, patreon.com slash iceguys, just $10 per month. And make sure you check out the store as well. Get your gear and merch at iceguys.myspreadshop.com. Yes, yeah, starting today and for the next five days, you go to iceguys.myspreadshop.com. You click the redeem button on the top of the screen. That is for 20% off everything in the store. So you can get whatever you want, put it in the cart, and uh, make sure you click on that button to get 20% off for the next five days. That's at iceguys.myspreadshop.com. All right, it is time for Bargain Bin Special of the Night for this Wednesday NHL slate. Alex, you found something from the Bargain Bin. What do you got? Yeah, heading out to the Pacific Northwest tonight. You got the Blackhawks taking on the Seattle Kraken. I like Vince Dunn. Uh, you can get plus 500 at BetMGM and FanDuel for him to get a goal anytime. Uh, he scored three goals in his career against the Hawks. Of course, played them quite a bit uh, with his time in St. Louis. And, you know, we've seen a lot of defensemen find their way to getting goals against the Hawks, especially against a guy like Arvid Soderblom, who can easily lose the puck. You get a little bit of traffic in front of him, shot from the point, and boom, he goes in. So give me Vince Dunn plus 500. That's my bargain been special tonight uh, in the cracking game against the Hawks. And he is back in the lineup after an injury absence tonight for Seattle. Vince Dunn, and he had three goals in six games before his injury. So Vince Dunn at a nice plus price for the Seattle Kraken for Alex B. Smith uh, with his uh, bargain bin a special uh, of the night. Uh, my bargain bin special of the night, look, barely makes the grade, barely makes it to being worthy of bargain bin price. But I think it's a great bet. And even though it's the bare minimum plus 300, it is a spectacular bet, in my opinion, tonight. Jake DeBrusque, Boston Bruins, plus 300. Uh, for my bargain bin special of the night. It is a bargain, even though it's only yeah. plus 300. You're talking about a guy that scored in three straight games, has clearly got his offensive mojo back for Boston in the last few games. And again, we get it at that plus 300 po- price. I think it is one of the best goal prop bets on the board tonight. Jake DeBrusque, Boston Bruins, plus 300, bargain nice. bin special. This is where you're, you're in the grocery store and you see the you know basket with stuff on sale and then it's just something right on top that goes, oh, I'll get that. That's pretty much what that is, right? Yeah, and it's high quality, and that's mm-hmm. what we're getting from Jake DeBrusque right now. High quality goals in three straight games uh, entering tonight for the uh, Boston Bruins. And at a great, great, truly great price, plus 300. All right, it is time for best bets. Alex, what do you like for uh, best bet here for this Wednesday card? Yeah, let's go to uh, Boston. We got uh, the Bruins taking on the Hurricanes. It's always a, a good matchup between those two teams. I love that first period over one and a half. It's as low as $1.20 at Caesars. Carolina, like I said, quietly going on a nice run in the first period over 12 and four the last 16 games. Boston, same sort of deal for their last five games going over in the first 20 minutes. So give me the Canes and the Bees. First period over. That's my best bet tonight. All right, there you go. Hurricanes, Bruins over in the first period. Best bet uh, for Alex B. Smith. My best bet for this card. Debated whether to go team total or full game over uh, in this game, but I'm going to go with the full game over because they have given up goals on home ice in their recent games. Uh, So they might give up some tonight, but I definitely think they'll score a bunch as well. We'll go with Arizona, Florida over six minus 120 uh, for my best bet here for this Wednesday uh, NHL card. Again, Florida Panthers back home against Karel Vimelka, a goalie that's been struggling. I think the Panthers will be able to find their way to goals. I think Arizona can chip in, though. Bobrovsky, he's in that tonight. Hasn't wasn't great on that home stand, and Florida was giving up goals on that home stand as well that uh, they just had a week ago. Uh, and also keep in mind, we've seen overs in the last two 
head-to-head meetings down here in Florida, and both of them were 5-3 final scores. So uh, Coyotes, Panthers, uh, over 6, minus 120 uh, for my Wednesday uh, best bet. All right, that'll wrap up this edition of the Ice Guys. Thanks to everyone in the chat for joining us. Hit the like button uh, on the way out. A reminder, the Ice Guys is live seven days a week, Monday to Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern, Saturday and Sunday, noon Eastern. Uh, If you can't watch the show live, download the Ice Guys podcast in audio uh, form on all major podcast platforms, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and more. Download the Ice Guys podcast when you can't watch the show live. For Alex B. Smith, I'm Ian Cameron. Have a great Wednesday night. Enjoy the games and good luck. And we will talk to you again tomorrow on Thursday for another edition of the Ice Guys. (laughs) 